there's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Oh, my heavens. What a goal. What a move. Lemieux. Oh, baby. There's a mistake and a throw. A puck by Bridget. Oh! A taser from Jonathan Taves is first. Right, hello there, hockey fans. It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. This is season four, episode twenty, an episode we're calling the Balfour, as in Eddie the Eagle Balfour, a uh, great goaltender from Carmen, Manitoba. We'll get into him in just a minute, but uh, we've got lots of great stuff for you on the show today. It's me, co-host Tom. I'm with, as always, co-host Randy. Looks like Randy's kind of perusing the um, game day snack selection there. What do you? What's your uh, go-to snack for watching the game, Randy? Playoffs are starting tonight, so we got uh, lots of games going on. So you're going to need lots of snacks. Yeah, you know what my my go-to lately? Uh, the tomahawk chips. Have you had those tomahawk chips? I have not. They're. I, from, I haven't even heard of them. They're from Riverton. Um, Riverton, okay. Man- the Riverton rifle, maybe, uh, <laughs> he's you know. got his, <laughs> yeah. I, his yeah, I don't think, the- I don't think he's involved with making potato chips, but, uh, no, it's, uh, I just actually noticed them on the shelves at Walmart, uh, not too long ago. And yeah, okay. like it's, Oh, actually. And Sukes uh, has, has Tomahawk chips behind the counter there. So well, I might've seen you eating a bag of those. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I've gone to Sukes uh, once or twice lately. Right. Um, um yeah, no okay, chips. Well, chips for are, sure. And are they are they kettle? Kettle. Uh, no, no, they're like uh, you know. Honestly, my my favorite chip is a ruffle. Like I like mm-hmm. the ruffles, but these are just kind of straight up potato chips. You got the okay. ketchup, you got your barbecue, you got your regular, and uh, Robert's your brother, your dad's brother. Yeah, chips make a great game day snack. The only issue, of course, is the crunchiness, and you really got to get the volume up if you want to hear what's going on on the TV, because otherwise there's too much crunching going on. Um, Chips, popcorn, classic game day snacks. Well, Randy, like we were saying, NHL playoffs start tonight. Uh, It is uh, Monday, May 2nd. We are the, we are it, we, we are legit recording this the day. Of that's right. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. A bit of a fly by night episode, if you will. Uh, we don't have a whole lot really prepared, but we've got no shortage of things to talk about. So we're gonna we're gonna lead off the proceedings with just a little bit of Eddie Belfort talk because he was number twenty famously, which Randy kind of a weird number for a goalie. Is it like you don't or is it? You know, yeah, I would say 29 is okay for a goalie, but mm-hmm. low 20s is weird. But it is, you know, we, we also right. have some goalies in the 80s, like Vasilevsky. And yeah, uh, yeah, nowadays you see that kind of thing. But at the time that Eddie Belfort played, which was he came into the league, you know, 1990 basically, and then he played until uh, partway through the early aughts. But when he came in the league, you didn't really see goalies with anything other than a number one or a 30 something. Yeah. There was occasionally maybe a guy with like 40 or 49, I think maybe. And maybe there were some 29s because I think wasn't Hextall. Oh, Hextall was, he was 27. 
27, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 20, that's a bit of a Trechiak. That was Trechiak's maybe, number, maybe I think, right? Maybe he is right? a Trechiak fan, that's right, yeah. So that could be, that could be where that came from. Uh, hard to say, to be honest, but Eddie, Eddie Balfour, Carmen, Manitoba, small town just kind of south uh, west of of the big the big apple of winnipeg yeah. <laughs> um and and he is a bit of a local legend uh he, he's got you know he's got a stanley cup which he won with dallas in 99 um he's got a couple Vezina trophies he won the calder as rookie of the year um he was an all-star you know selected to the first he- all-star team three times um he won he was a four-time winner of the William Jennings trophy, which is Go- I believe the goalie, for the goalie duo tandem with the yeah. best uh goals against average. So I'm trying to think who his backup would have been, you know, in Chicago. Was it was it Hayward? Brian Hayward? It probably didn't really even matter. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been uh Pang. Darren oh, Darren Pang. Pang, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's now a broadcaster on ESPN, I think. I hear him sometimes. He's pretty good, actually. Or maybe he just does blues games. He's uh, Yeah, I see him a lot on a lot of regional games. Here, let me see here. Uh, yeah. Chicago, it would have been... Oh, we had we had uh, Jacques Cloutier. We had Greg Millen, Dominic Hasek. Millen. Mm. Uh, Jimmy Waite. It wouldn't have been Hasek. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Waite. Uh, but yeah, those were some of his goalie partners in Chicago the following yeah. season. Ray LeBlanc, Dominic Hasek, Jimmy Waite. Yeah. Probably uh, so Jimmy Waite was probably like yeah, Jimmy yeah, Waite like the Jennings like, was yeah. probably like all Balfour. <laughs> like yeah. you know. I think Pat Roy and um Brian Hayward won that award as well. And like, I mean, Patrick yeah. Waugh was probably the guy who really yeah. like brought doing, it home, doing you know? the heavy lifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but Eddie Belfour spent eight years in Chicago before going to Dallas. He played three years in Toronto, which maybe you remember or maybe you forget. He was kind of like the last, like he was actually really good for the Leafs, although they, you know, um, it was the Leafs. And then he, he played in San Jose and then he ended his career uh, at age 41 with a season in Florida, which I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. Don't remember him playing for Florida or San Jose at all. Me like, either. No, but uh, he did, and uh, he was actually an all-star in his final um, season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he had some really great numbers, you know, uh, in his career, which spanned, you know, 17 years. There was 963 games. He had 484 wins, a career goals against average of 2.5, and a career goal, uh, save percentage of 906. Um, you know, his his uh save percentage in chicago like i i think for me i i think of eddie belfort as a blackhawk and so yeah um he was 265 and a 903 save percent in chicago with uh 201 wins so um yeah pretty good pretty good player um i think he's probably had some adventures since his playing days there was that video of him Drunk as a stunk, getting escorted by security or something. You were mentioning he sold uh, like all of his. Yeah, I remember some sort of story about him selling a bunch of memorabilia and 
funding someone's business that could be that could be a urban legend or whatever but right. anyways like you said they, he's kind of got himself into some adventures and uh yeah 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 but if you just look at his playing days he was quite the goalie and uh you know that's that's where we're at with eddie balfour but let's um let's transition a little bit here to talk a little bit of winnipeg jets now the playoffs are starting tonight the jets are not a playoff team they didn't make the cut. Is that a surprise? I think anybody could have told you from about Christmas on <laughs> that it wasn't looking good for the Jets to make the playoffs. You know, the, um, it was somewhere back in December, I think, that Paul Maurice quit slash resigned. I don't even remember the date. It just, it, but it feels like probably, I'm going to just guess December, but um like yeah this december 17th ish nice okay that was right that was the christmas present uh jets yeah. fans wanted i guess uh did it turn out for them well that's anyone's well no i guess it didn't because they didn't make the playoffs and if you're a hockey team that's what it's all about so um but like what yeah what what went wrong with the jets this year is it is it as simple as saying coaching or like what are we what are we at with that well you know rewind back to september when you know look at pretty much the current current lineup that they kind of stuck with the whole season you know minus andrew cop now but um uh, and then add appleton but i think going into this season like and like like they say like on paper this team should have been should have been better uh, you know, like they got the defenseman, the defensive depth that they felt that they needed with Sh- uh, Schmidt and, and Brendan Dillon. Uh, you know, you got guys coming back, you know, PLD wanting, you know, kind of his uh, true uh, full first full season with the Jets without like COVID being involved and, and that sort of thing. Like, yeah, having going, a training camp. Yeah. Going into the season, everything looked looked like gravy uh, for the for the boys. Um, is there one factor that maybe, yeah, was it, you know, could account for everything? Probably not. It's probably as some of all the parts, um, you know, if Maurice chances are Paul Maurice was thinking about resigning, you don't, that just doesn't come up like in December. Yeah. Like I'm sure he was thinking about it for a while. Maybe there was like a little bit of a vibe where it's felt like, you know, things aren't that fine things aren't that good you know and just if that's kind of festering it probably just keeps getting worse and then the resignation happens in december and dave lowry kind of gets thrown into the mix no true direction just kind of like let's see how this plays out no no one really grabbed the bull by the horns uh that's kind of you know it's like one they were such a uh inconsistent team to watch uh very frustrating at times uh that's just how she goes i don't know like i just kind of seemed like it was a uh i don't know what you want to call it like like a dud almost yeah. the whole way so under under dave lowry they were 26 22 and 6 so they're they were a 500 team their final record on the year was 32 39 32 and 11 so you know a little better than 500 and if you take those OTLs and whatever, then then they're actually a sub 500 team. But 
terms of point percentage, they're over 500. Um, yeah, and like, I think that when Maurice left, there was there was an opportunity for the Jets to be like, okay, Dave Lowry, you're the interim head coach. There was an opportunity for them to have a bit of a search for a permanent replacement, and that didn't really happen. It was just kind of like, you're the interim coach for the rest of the year, no matter what happens. And I think at that point, it was plain to see when that, it's like, well, then who cares, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it, you're right. It was, I think it was a lot of who cares. Yeah. And you know, the, there, there were any number of reasons or excuses that one could give for why the season didn't end up very well and why the jets missed the playoffs. But at the end of the day, to me, the on ice product, the team just looked, they, they looked like they'd never met each other before yeah. on some nights. And then they were like, Hey, uh, you boys want to play some hockey? Yeah. And then, you know, and then they'd go and they, like for stretches of the season there, they, they would just look like strangers playing together. And then there would be the odd game where they look great. They, you're like, well, why can't they play like this all the time? And that word, a key word of like consistency has been bandied about a lot with the Jets, with talk about the Jets this year. And for me though, like they ended the season on a four game win streak. Now, those were games that didn't mean anything really at all because, you know, they played some teams who had long since secured their playoffs or they, they played bad teams, Philadelphia, whatever, uh, and Seattle. Um, and so those games didn't really mean anything, but that was their first four game win streak since October. When so it like that when tells it you matter. all you need to know. Yeah, when it didn't matter. And and then and then you combine <laughs> that with the fact that they had two lengthy losing streaks of something like seven, eight games, whatever it was. That's the season in a nutshell. That's why you don't make the playoffs because, you know, let's say you had those losing streaks, fine, whatever. It's not great, but like if you can put together a win streak of some games, then maybe it kind of nullifies that losing streak and it's not as bad. Like the effects of it aren't as bad, but they, they just couldn't put together the win streak at all, all season until the last four games of the year, which they win, which don't mean anything. So I don't know. To me, that's kind of the story of the season, but. Um, and, and not to be, you know, completely uh, Debbie Downers here. But no. there, there was some good, like, you got to think, like, Kyle Connor uh, yeah. has, has kind of, you know, vaulted himself to be one of the leaders on the Jets, scoring 47 goals. Well, he, he goals. set the, the cl new club record for goals yeah. and points. Uh, PLD, uh, yeah, points you too, mentioned yeah. him. He had career-high uh, goals this season. I thought he played really well this season. Nick Ehlers played really well this season, I thought, for most of it anyway, at least from when he came back from his knee injury. He was on fire there. Um, you know, Wheeler gets crapped on a lot, but I didn't think he had a terrible season aside from the fact that he's frustrating to watch sometimes when he coasts, you know, so slowly to the bench or whatever. And, you know, there's issues with anybody's game you can find, I'm sure. But like, yeah, there were there were some Josh Morrissey had a good season, you know, Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. Actually, um, you know, someone that's been looking good, especially last night, Morgan Barron. Like, 
mm-hmm. know, maybe he's not like, you know, going to be a, uh, you know, a impact player, but I think he's going to be an important player. And uh, mm-hmm. like that goal he scored uh, in the first, him and Harkins seem to be working well together. Maybe that's kind of the makings. We got Harkins, we got Lowry, we got Appleton, we got Morgan Barron. We got the makings of, a, you know, Gustafson, hopefully next year. We got the makings of a pretty good bottom six, I think, yeah. with some of those guys. And I think the bottom six was a part of the Jets team build that really kind of came up short this year. You know, Lowry had a great year, I thought. I mean, he scored uh, all those shorthanded goals he had there. He had a good yeah, stretch. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, so you know, there there were positives from the Jets season for personal performance. Like, you could look at a bunch of guys and say, like, oh, they had good years. It just didn't click for the Jets at all. And like, I, you know, I think the coaching turmoil was a huge factor. And then, um, you know, like Hellebuck was it's okay. He was good. wasn't uh, I don't think he was as good as he has been in the last previous couple seasons. Comrie at the start of the season was a big question mark. I remember on this show, we were like, Comrie is the backup. Oh boy, this is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. Turns out he was actually like yeah. more than decent. Like, And played, I got his first shutout uh, yeah. two games ago, a couple games ago there. And I think, I think it could be argued he didn't play enough. Like, yeah, you know, uh, Hellbuck was way kind of overplayed and, um, and Comrie didn't see enough action, but you know, anyway, we'll, we'll see if he comes back as the backup next year. Um, probably safe bet to say he will be. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I think the jets just really, like you're saying, they got the makings of a better bottom six now and that, you know, we'll see, uh, what happens next year, but this year, the fourth line played like five minutes a game. You look at any team that's a contender, their fourth line, you know, they, they're more, they roll their lines more yeah, yeah. and, you know. Well, yeah. And I think this is going to be an interesting off, interesting off season. I, you know, <clears throat> well, in the second segment, we'll talk about what we kind of, you know, hope to see for the future of the jets. Uh, you just, one last thing too. It's like the jets just signed that Chaz Lucius to an entry level contract that uh i think that was yesterday maybe so he's uh you know an upcoming prospect you know he was a first rounder from last last draft yeah right cole perfetti you know we still got in the mix that he kind of had an unfortunate end to his season uh and then um we could still got uh, and dylan sandberg like i i i every time he's played i've enjoyed seeing him on the ice so that he looks good gives you know the 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 depth that the jets have on the blue line is good you know got heinola there still uh you know logan stanley and and also the moose are are gearing up for uh for a playoff run here too so all of those guys will have more experience for next year and push harder in uh in camp next year but it'll be an interesting uh summer because i guess uh chevy will finish the uh the the whatever you call it like the year end meetings with with all the all the guys and then all then you know the the search and interview process begins for for a new coach and uh, dave lowry can apply <laughs> and yeah. uh, we'll see what you know i don't like i you got to think that there's a bunch of teams that are going to be letting their coaches go so there's all those guys from current teams that are going to get let go plus 
coaches that haven't been coaching or new hires, like someone from college or somewhere else. Yeah. Like off the radar kind of thing. But yeah, there, there was a graphic on a game that I watched not too long ago last week or whatever. And it was like, here's a list of all the interim coaches this season in the NHL. It's like, there's like six or there, there was at least six of them. And then there was like, here's a list of all the coaches on the final season of their contract. And there was, again, there was like at least six of them. So there's like potentially 12 ish coach teams that are going to be looking for a new coach this year, this off season. Yeah. It's going to so, be a, a shuffle for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on that and see what Winnipeg does. And yeah, with Shevel Dayoff's press conference uh, this morning, uh, he kind of basically in his um, in his way that he does, where he talks a lot and doesn't say a whole lot of anything. He announced that, yeah, the Jets will be looking for a new head coach, whether or not that's Dave Lowry. He's free to apply, but, you know, he wasn't outright uh, canned because he was the interim coach. This is the end of his term. And uh, here we are. So lots of uh, decisions to come. So why don't we in our next little segment after the break here? We'll maybe look at some of those. Here's Hanging Out with All the Wrong People by Billy Talent. Well, it was many moons ago that I just did what I was told when I was hanging out with all the wrong people. I stole a car, I robbed a bank, I siphoned gas out of a tank, I made decisions some would call illegal. It all came catching up to me right at the age of 23. I met the consequence of right. And I was 
yeah all right so like as far as what we were kind of talking about before the the song break there what do we want to see the jets next year like as far as maybe roster moves coaching moves like we were saying there's a lot of teams who are going to be looking for coaches there's some of the obvious names out there what do you think of like when you hear mike babcock thrown around like you think there's any chance like i've heard that and i'm like i don't know is that a chance he comes to winnipeg to straighten out the jets or what yeah well like the other thing that maybe we're not you know if you think about the entire league like what are some other teams that are likely looking for new coaches too? Like, well, like is, Philadelphia, uh, yeah. Detroit. Cause I mean, Detroit just announced Blas- that's right. Blas Hill it, isn't coming back. Is would Babcock go back there? I don't know. Like right. if he, is he looking to be like Philadelphia is a big hockey market or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be that competition, you know, not every single coach, maybe not every single coach is going to apply for this job either. Like, no, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to try and speculate on who the coach might be because because yeah i have no idea i just know that like i i have a good feeling that whoever it ends up being we'll see while while we'll be seeing a lot of the same guys on the ice i think they'll have like a they'll be reinvigorated you know there'll be a new Mm. a new energy or whatever and you know that, that hopefully that new coach too it's like how the jets have kind of been in the past where they tend to favor the more veteran players, um, experienced players, maybe not the best players. Like I feel the jets could have maybe taken some chances on some young guys this year. Maybe they could have given Sandberg, um, you know, more opportunities, Billy Hainola too. Uh, like we never saw Gustafson, I think very much. We, you know, we saw the odd moose up, up once or twice, <clears throat> maybe this season could have been used as an opportunity to, to get some experience for those young guys. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the new coach will just bring in some, some new life and reinvigorate things. Um, you know, <clears throat> as far as I'd be curious to see, like, I wonder if, if uh, Paul Stasny, you know, want, like he's, he's not signed for next year. Is he going to go look for uh, greener pastures is, or is he kind of, want to come back to this team and, and be a part of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause he's on, he, you know, I think there was a feeling that he would be back on a year by year contract year. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Talking about guys who had great years. I mean, Stasny had a pretty good year, 21 goals um, at age 35. So, you know, that's uh, I thought he, he, he was one of those players that I think he, you know, held up his end of the bargain, did what he does, you know, and did it pretty well. Um, but yeah, like as far as like uh, guys on the Jets go or guys on the Moose go that that are probably highly likely to have more permanent roles on the Jets. I think like Sandberg, I mean, he the way he played now, I you, you pretty much have to put him in. I think you're top six next season um and Gustafson he he like got called up once or twice but like got hurt like in his first game like on his second shift or something like that so he didn't end up really playing much but I I don't know like where like they brought back you know 
um, Appleton at the trade deadline. And like, you know, like you got, I think he had some chemistry in the previous seasons with, with Lowry and cop, but they didn't, I don't know, like Appleton's not exactly like a point producer, you know, like he's okay. Like he's an, he's a good player, but like, they need to get more from their bottom six. And you look at a lot of teams, the way that their bottom six, their bottom two lines are kind of constructed. It's not really like that old school checking line that there used to be. And, and like that might, this might be a holdover from the Paul Maurice era of having that big, heavy third line of Lowry and cop and was Tanev and then Appleton or whatever. Like maybe they need to whoever the new coach is, they need to rethink that. And like maybe we got to get offense from our third line, you know. Yeah. And 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 another, Lowry is probably one of my favorite players. And um, but I mean, you know, and just no no offense to him, but he's not like I mean, he had a great year this year. And what did he have? Like 10, uh, 13 goals. So you know that's pretty good output, I think. But like he needs more from his wingers and that the jets just need more from their depth for like forward lines, basically. Yeah. You're right too. Like the new coach will have a, have a entirely different look at this roster. And he might say, this guy doesn't fit with my team and this guy does or whatever. Or these three guys from the moose totally fit the type of play, you know, system that I want to run. So we Mm -hmm. might, we might see some opportunities granted to guys that haven't had, haven't received one yet. And yeah, the, you know, ultimately what i would like to see is like similar is like a team that runs four lines because especially like oh, earlier in the season like you know some lines like getting minus or below like eight seven minutes a game you know like I, looking back like christian Veselainen started the season with the jets and pretty much disappeared i'm not sure how he's doing with the moose i mean um, i don't think he's doing all that great honestly but like He's a guy who I think you could probably say at this point, it's safe to say that, I mean, like he's a bust. He's had his, and I use air quotes for that because um, maybe he's, maybe he can find his way back into the NHL and stick around. But like, I doubt that's going to be with the Jets and it shouldn't be with the Jets. He's had, you know, 70 NHL games Mm -hmm. with the Jets and he just hasn't really been able to make it happen there's other guys out there that the jets need to look at on their own in their own system that should have a chance over Christian best at this point. I think that they were like a little bit hung up on the fact that he was a first round pick, always got size and all this stuff. But I mean, he, he didn't really do much for, for me watching him play. So um, I, I think it's probably safe to say that he's not going to be a jet, yeah. uh, you know, but. And, you know, for part of this season, we did catch a glimpse of like that line of Perfetti, Connor and PLD, like, mm-hmm. you know, that, that could be something that starts next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you got, you know, however, like Stasny and Wheeler and Ehlers ended up uh, looking pretty good together for the past um, couple games or whatever. But at the same time, there's just never consistency you know, it's no. like, it's, it's a good line for like three games and then something just happens. Like also think of like back to like earlier this season, I think Wheeler was injured 
and Kyle Connor and PLD and Svechnikov were on a line together. And then Wheeler came back and they put Wheeler with those guys. And then they kind of went cold. It just like, there was never like, there's never any continuity between mm. uh, play. So it, it, like, honestly, like this could, it could be a same lineup or, you know, like I said, like guys getting <clears throat> guys getting opportunities that didn't get, um, yeah. And then also like you know, some guys that don't fit and if, if say for instance, you know, Dylan DeMello doesn't fit within this new coaches, you know, maybe he's shipped. I don't know. Like that's right. Cool. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that in a way and referring to Mark Shifley's comments, yeah. That, which were sort of last night, uh, you know, he, he was, uh, indecisive, I guess, or whatever you want to call it about his future with the team. He's got what, two years remaining on his contract. Um, received a lot of Chris criticism this year, specifically about his defensive game and his, you know, maybe his effort level at times or whatever. Uh, do you, where do you see him and his future with the team is, is now shovel day off said in his press conference that there was, uh, he's not requested a trade or anything like that at this point. Um, but they also haven't had their, you know, uh, exit meetings as, as you call them. But um, like this Shifley with two years left on his contract, is he part of the team going forward or is, uh, is this the time to shop him this summer? Yeah. Well, with two years, he doesn't really have a <clears throat> ton of control. Like, I guess he could choose to sit out or whatever, but um, I, I'm sure like a lot of those comments were attached to the fact of like what's going on with the coaching and like yeah. the thing, you know, the, the stuff that we're not kind of privy to as fans, um, it could have been a lot worse behind the scenes. And if Shifley just like, I need a better coach. I need a coach that pushes me or whatever. Who knows? I don't know what could have been happening, right. but I feel that this could be something that, uh, you know, motivates him also um you know they underachieved and it's, they are missing the playoffs and yeah it's like the clock is ticking uh you know for guys for sure like wheeler and, and shifley so if things don't turn around it's like do they really want to coast into retirement and have no uh chance at a cup again uh, like 2018 is a long time ago and mm -hmm. uh you know last time the jets were a serious contender and now they're not even a a playoff team so uh you know i'm sure a lot of stuff was set out of kind of emotion and and uh you know uncertainty and whatever else but at the same time i feel like uh i don't know like i who knows what he's thinking but i, I don't think we're we need we should be moving on from mark shifley like he's a legit like like what chevy said earlier this year it's like i finally got the top two centers that I've been working towards for years. Like I'm not yeah. going to just let, let one go or whatever. Well, yeah. Also and PLD needs to, he's an RFA this summer and he needs, he needs to sign a contract too. So right. that could be big money. And then that factors in on who else they could uh, assign. So. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, think I Mark Shifley has played his last game though, as a jet. No, no, I, I, I don't get that feeling. I think probably what you're saying, but the, his, uh, him wanting to see the direction of the team, goes i think it is 100 percent probably related to the coaching and with the behind the scenes kind of stuff um you know like 
I think when you look at comparables, a lot of people have talked about this, uh, about the Calgary Flames last year and missing the playoffs. And, and then they fired um, whoever was their coach there. I can't even remember Jeff Ward, maybe. And then they brought in Sutter and uh, you know, towards the end of last year. And then there was maybe a little bit of improvement, but then this year you really saw a lot of improvement and, there was some roster additions and subtractions, but nothing major. The core remained. It was the trade deadline sort of this year. They added a couple pieces with Toffoli and Jaron Kroc and maybe somebody else. But like mostly it was the same group from last year. But they had a new coach and a, a training camp with that coach and um, a coach that's won some cups and knows what he's talking about. And, uh, you know, so you kind of have to think if the jets can bring in the right guy, like this, this core of the team, isn't that far off from being, you know, a, a good, a playoff team. Like, um, yeah, they got to maybe improve their depth in some ways. And, you know, maybe there's a, a couple shrewd, moves to make on the back end because you've got guys like Sandberg knocking on the door and you know I don't know how they feel about Stanley if they want him in there all the time um and then you got Hanola like is he ever gonna play or is he Sammy Niku version two you know like like what's going on with with that if if they want those guys to play then yeah like maybe Schmidt you know, he wasn't terrible, but at six point something million, uh, maybe he's just got to go, you know, it is what it is kind of thing. But well, and similar um, to Calgary last year, like Johnny Goudreau was almost in, like he didn't make the same sort of comments that Shifley did, but there was all those mm -hmm. rumors of him maybe going to New Jersey or Philadelphia or whatever. Yeah. All the reporters already had him out the door and he comes back and he scores a hundred points this year. And, and yeah. what there's like three guys on Calgary that have 40 goal seasons or more. Yeah. Their whole top line there, Lindholm, yeah. Goudreau and Kachuk, all 40 plus goals. The Jets could Kachuk easily do that and next Goudreau, year. Both hundred plus points, you know, the yeah. Johnny Goudreau's they're talking about the heart trophy with him and all this stuff. And yeah, you rewind a year ago and reporters uh, in Calgary were already packing his moving truck. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. It's well, uh, and next year, like, there's no reason why PLD and Ehlers and Shifley and Connor could all be flirting with 40 goals and one of those mm -hmm. guys hitting 100 points. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just you know, hopefully, seeing what what Calgary uh pulled off from last season to this season, you know, and a, a lot of that was attributed to Daryl Sutter behind the coat or behind the bench there. So, mm. um, and you know, maybe that's where we go next. Uh, we can enough uh you know enough jets talk for now and let's talk about some teams uh <clears throat> who are moving on yeah sounds good here's anti-flag with 2020 vision i had a 2020 vision of the last of the wrongs undone no more hate no division no one is free until the war is won Come to its end Or do we just keep on repeating 
wrongs undone. No more hate, no division. No one is free until the war is won. Yeah, that's a sweet tune indeed. Um, Randy, the NHL playoffs start tonight, uh, round one, day one of round one, always an exciting time. It's like Christmas for hockey fans. Um, and, you know, we've got uh, the, the some, some of the like marquee matchups this year in the playoffs are you know the leaps and lightning are getting a lot of press obviously because defending back-to-back cup champs and the toronto may toronto center of the universe maple leafs um you know another uh big series in my books i think the wild and blues you look at that series gonna be a crazy one super tight and then you know both alberta teams are in the playoffs you got the flames matching up against the stars and the oilers are taking on the uh, LA Kings who are back in the playoffs after missing for a couple years. Um, and I think the Kings are one of those teams that really surprised a lot of people this year. And I don't think anybody's given them a shot against the Oilers, but maybe look out. I don't know. Like could be crazy, but like if you go down the list, you know, starting with like, let's, let's just have a quick prediction thing here. We'll start uh, Panthers capitals. Who do you like? Uh, Panthers. Yeah. 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 I'm going to, I think the Panthers, the, the Capitals goaltending is just not good enough. Uh, Leafs lightning. Who do you, who are you picking in that one? Uh, lightning. I got, I got to, I just got to give the edge to experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the lightning as well. I would agree. Um, you know, Toronto great year. I just, so I just, they're not getting out of the first round. Sorry. Uh, hurricanes Bruins. Who do you like there? Right, like I would lean towards the Bruins just because they're the Bruins, uh, and like they just seem to be a well-oiled machine in the playoffs. I I have to say, like I haven't watched a lot of Carolina games this year. Um, I don't know. My my heart is saying Bruins, but uh, yeah, you know, never underst- underestimate the Hurricanes. They're a pretty deep mm-hmm. team with good coaching. Um, but- they had a great year, I think. Uh- they had some goaltending injury problems at the end of the year. Uh, I think I heard that Anderson is going to be back. So, um, you know, he was their main goalie through the year. So we'll see. I I'm leaning Bruins. I'm leaning towards Bruins on this one. Um, I just think that I just think they'll find a way to get it done. And uh, you know, not that the Canes are a, a bad team, but also I don't like the Canes. So, um, I yeah, don't really like the Bruins either, but the, the Canes just, yeah, they're not, a, they're not, I don't know. There's just something less hockey about them. Just, yeah, yeah. you know, there's, they're a good team, but like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not the Whalers anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, the, the, the other final sort of series in the East, and this is, I think going to be a real dandy series, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins. Who, who do you like there? Well, honestly, like 
I, I think the Rangers are, are set up to win big time. Uh, mm. I, you know, I want Sid and Latang and Malkin to, you know, try and get another cup. Uh, I got to say, I think the Rangers look good. And also I hope the Rangers get to the third round. So the Jets get that first round. pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I will say I'll say the Rangers are going to edge the Penguins out in that series. Uh, I think of all the Eastern Conference series, that's that's one that's for sure going to seven games. Yeah, I'm like, I'm stoked for that one. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be a seven game series for sure. Let's hop over to the West then. So you got the number one seed Colorado Avalanche and the number eight seed Nashville Predators. Who do you like there? I think uh, there's an upset. Uh, no, not this year. I th- like it, it was pretty interesting how the season ended, like with Dallas and New- Nashville flopping. I was kind of looking forward for a Nashville Calgary series because of their most recent game where there was a yeah, few, few was... tilts and stuff. Um, but I, I think I think Colorado is just uh, yeah. Who was who it? Uh, was it Sutter that said that a couple? Daryl Sutter. Ago? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I think Colorado's got that one, and you know they're they're uh, up. You know. I think are they are they completely healthy now? Like are they going to be uh, more or less? I think I'm not sure because they were missing Landis, Gog, and Rantanen. And to be honest, I'm not sure the status for them going into the playoffs here. But they were doing just fine without them. So uh, getting them back would only be you know that much more of a boon for them. And the Preds, uh, what's his name, Saros? He was injured very recently and. They were like, yeah, it should be good for the playoffs, but maybe, maybe not. And, um, you know, he was a big part of their team for sure this year. But uh, here's here's a good series. I think it's going to be another seven game series is the Wild and the Blues. Who do you like there? I like the Wild. I think yeah. I think the Wild <clears throat> built themselves a good team and they got the two goalies. So that's mm-hmm. a, something that a lot of teams don't have going for them. Uh, you know, it's always a good thing for the. For, for and you know they just they built a solid team this year um that top line with uh um Kaprizov, right mm. yeah and uh Zuccarello. Zuccarello and uh Fiala yeah I think he's been playing yeah yeah um yeah they're just looking good and they're just they're they're rolling four lines uh Greenway and uh Felino their their line with uh they're they're kind of like you could call them the uh, Lowry Cop Tanev line mm. almost from a few years ago. Uh, I just like I like the Wild. They're looking good. Um, yeah, I think that double goaltending uh, combo they got is gonna gonna help them. I f- think they're starting Flurry for Game One, but <clears throat> you know the over since they acquired Flurry at the deadline, uh, Flurry and Talbot basically split games. And the Wild were very good down the stretch. So yeah. I don't think it matters which goalie you go with, but it's nice to have both just in case, right? Injuries so, too, yeah. Yeah. So, but that'll be that'll be a really good series, I think. Who are you picking? Um, oh, uh, uh, I'll, I'll say Wild. Yeah, I'm going to say Wild. That was kind of my, my um, initial gut feeling. Uh, and then if we go over to Alberta, we got Calgary, Dallas. Who do you like in that one? Yeah, I think I think Calgary is gonna win. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think they're a cup favorite, but I think they'll win the first round. Yeah, yeah. I don't see Dallas putting up. Uh, I mean, like maybe a bit of a fight, but I don't see that series being um, too close. Like I think 
you know, the games might be close, but I think Calgary is going to take it in five or six for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, Edmonton, LA. What do you, what do well, you think there? <laughs> Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, versus Anze Kopitar, uh, Dustin Brown on his kind of current yeah, he's call gonna, here. He's, he's, uh, yeah, current call. Uh, Quinton Byfield, the uh, second overall pick last year, uh, hasn't done a whole lot yet as an NHLer, but um, he's still pretty young. Uh, and Jonathan Quick, he's been, he's been having himself quite the season. So who do you like there between Edmonton and LA? Yeah, well, I, well, I would love to see the Oilers lose. Um, I think they'll beat the Kings. I think they they just have a slightly better team, and then that sets us up for uh, Bat of Alberta for round mm-hmm. two. Yeah, which which I are, think you know, everybody wants it'll to be see an entertaining be, series. Yeah, yeah, everybody would like to see that. Yeah, I I think uh, you know maybe LA takes a couple of games, but I think the Oilers probably got that one in in six or so. Um, yeah, like for me. I kind of can see the wild and the flames being the two left standing in the West, which means that if the wild beat the blues and the abs beat the Preds, then that sets up a wild Avs series, which happened last year, I believe it was, and uh, was very good series. And did correct me if I'm wrong. Did the, I think the wild, I think the wild could be the team that, beats Colorado this yeah. year. Like honestly, yeah. Colorado is the team of the West, but I think the wild could defeat them. Mm-hmm. And then if you're thinking of the East, I got to be leaning towards Florida and the Rangers. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I think the Rangers, uh, you know, I think they're a quiet favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I'm leaning in the East between Tampa and the Rangers. Um, I just like I think Florida, like as good as they were this year, uh, <laughs> their goaltending with Bobrovsky's too, too uh, unpredictable. You never, you know, you know. I, I I'll be tuning in to Sports Center with Jay uh, to see his Bobrovsky uh, <laughs> moments with Officer Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky, you're off the case. Uh, so. Anyway, but yeah, no, I think it's going to be a great first round. Lots of, lots of hockey to watch, and uh, definitely looking forward to, to it. So, um, well, Randy, I think, uh, what do you say we go find some snacks and get ready to watch some playoffs here? Yeah. So tonight we got Bruins, Hurricanes, Lightning, Leafs, Blues, Wild, and Kings, Oilers. So we got, uh, we got the doubleheader times two going on and uh i'm i'm set up i'm ready for i'm ready to go um you know and uh you know something that we need to kind of reach out uh, you know let's encourage some uh let's hear some of your picks out there who who are some of the listeners thinking are going to go along the way uh, all the way and also uh some you know now that that jet season is over let's uh let's hear some of your uh thoughts on how it all went Right. Yeah. We were going to um, try and have a little bit of a more structured breakdown, but like I said, we kind of come into this episode uh, flying by the seat of our pants. So uh, I hope you enjoyed it and we will be back next week with another episode of talking hockey, the hockey talking show, but let's go out on a tune here and uh, 
And then, yeah, keep your stick on the ice and happy playoffs, everyone. I stumble through the wreckage, rusted from the rain. There's nothing left to salvage, no one left to blame. Among the broken mirrors, I don't look the same. I'm rusted from the rain. I'm rusted from the rain.